Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. As always, we ask you to download the app, the Veritas app, share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. And please, you know, Joe and I don't ask for too much, but wherever you see us on social media, help us out a little bit with a like, subscribe, share, primarily the Frontline TV on YouTube and at with Joe and Joe, at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, today we're very pleased and honored to be welcoming back to the program a friend of the show, Anthony Stefano. Many of you out there know Anthony and you know about his work. Um, he's written a new book, a uh, children's book, Greenlee is Growing. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And that is published by uh, Penguin Random House. And Anthony will let us know where, where you know all of you good people out there could buy the book. For those of you who don't remember Anthony from our prior conversations, basically he's all over the place. Uh, he's been interviewed for his books on EWTN and, and many other places. Uh, but so you know, Anthony DiStefano is an American author, television host, uh, and activist. He has written five best-selling Christian books for adults, including A Travel Guide to Heaven and Ten Prayers God Always Says, says Yes To. Uh, he's also written eight best-selling books for children including The Donkey That No One Could Ride and Little Star, amongst so many other books. Anthony DeStefano, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe, our friend. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. It's always our pleasure. Um, one day I told you I'm going to get you back on our, on our social media. Um, I want to do I want to do an in-depth conversation with you um, because you wrote a book a while back uh, on atheism, am I correct? I did. I did. I want to I want to talk to you about that because guys like us, we need to dismantle all the lies of atheism. So I want to have you on our social media show and we'll, uh, okay, well, we'll hash that, that out. That book was a takedown of atheism. So it was a hard hitting book. They don't like it. They don't like that book very much, the atheists. So I'd love to talk to you about it. Well, that's why we love it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll touch base on that. But right now we're going to be talking about Greenlee is growing. Joe Resinello. Anthony, we always start with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and men. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not of petitions, but in your clemency amen. hear and answer us. Amen. amen. name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, for those who don't know, uh, Anthony's been on the show a number of times, and I, I'm going to tell you this, Anthony, I think you're very shrewd, and I'll tell you why, because you're teaching truths in a sneaky manner. These are books for quote-unquote children, but they're teaching a broader truth. And why do I bring that up? And I'd love your comments on it, because these books are for everybody. 
And ultimately, that is how Jesus taught. See, people don't, I, I, I've thought about this, you know, I've obviously all of us on, in our own way, we're, we're catechists, we're teaching people things. Jesus didn't tell people things directly. He told a story. Sometimes he did, but for the most part, he told a story. And it was for you to glean from that story a truth. That's what you're doing. Um, and I think it's shrewd because ultimately, particularly men don't like to be told what to do. They don't want to be like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. So Jesus kind of like laid it out in a, in, 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 in a way. And you're doing the same thing with your book. You're, you're basically breaking it down and you're teaching a broader truth. Is, is that your intent? Yes, it's my intent all the time. In in the books I write for adults, I try to make make them as simple as possible so that people could understand them without watering down the orthodoxy, without compromising the theology. That's very important because it's easy to make something simple if you throw out the the theology, you know, and a lot of people do that today. So I try to keep things as simple as possible in my adult books while keeping them as, you know, uh, as Catholic as I can, obviously. Uh, but for my children's books, I do try to include as many layers of meaning there so that adults can appreciate them as well. And yes, yes, uh, I have a lot of models uh, for that. You know, uh, you know, it, it, Christ is the greatest example because he told parables that were understood by the simple common people of his time. But at the same time, they've been analyzed by the greatest thinkers of all time, like Thomas Aquinas. They have layers and layers of meaning. And that's always been my my goal. You know, um, not only is it a, a good way to reach children, but, you know, I'm keenly aware, and this is a very obvious point. It's not a deep point, Joe. Uh, adults are reading these books to children. I mean, you've got, uh, you've got parents and grandparents and godparents and older siblings and aunts and uncles. You know, they're all reading these books to the kids. So let's say, pull a figure out of, an, out of the air. Let's say a book of mine is read by 100,000 children. That's great. That's wonderful. But that means that there's something like 400 or 500,000 adults that have read that book. Now, I would be a pretty poor uh, Catholic evangelist if I didn't take that into account. So I always try to include something in there for, for them so that they read it and they say, oh, I'm, that reminds me of something or oh, that, that inspires me about something uh, uh, that, that I forgot long ago. So yes, keenly aware of that. It's a big part of my whole plan for spreading the word as, as well as I can. No, and, and, and honestly, Anthony Stefano, it's great because, look, you've been on the show before. You know what we're trying to do. We're trying to evangelize the culture in any in any way we can. Joe and I do it in our way. You do it in your way. But you're, you're of course, you just got done saying that you want the parents, adults, to be reading the book also, okay? But given what's going on and what these kids are being spoon-fed now, particularly in the <laughs> public schools, you're providing an antidote to that, you know, and, and, and doing it, like you said, uh, in a very simple way, just telling a story because – Let's face it, they're, they're, the little kids are exposed to a lot of lies out in the culture, and here you are bringing them some Catholic truth. Well, that, that's for sure. And, 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 and without we, we talk all, all program about that, but yes, there is a, a, a religious cultural war going on right now, and the other side doesn't hesitate to jump over the heads of parents and use propaganda to, to secularize uh, children and to make them turn against the Christian faith. So as as parents, as grandparents, we have to the the kids are the front lines here. So we have to take that into account when we're we're, we're trying to spread the truth. Absolutely, and and you've written a number of children's books, so you're giving the parents the tool 
the tools to be able to impart these things to their kids. Like, like I we said, so. it's I, a perfect, so. well, well, you, you might hope so, but you're doing it, brother. You're, you're doing it. I mean, you know, that's why you're a successful writer and your books are out there. They're in the culture and, and parents out there listening to us uh, at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network need to go out and buy your books, read your children these books. These are valuable lessons. They're eternal lessons. Um, so, you know, a- absolutely. But let's let's talk about Greenlee. Let's talk about Greenlee is growing. So the, the book itself is, is celebrating the four seasons. All right. This is not obviously uh, something new. You know, we look at our lives in terms of the seasons of our lives, the springtime of our lives and everything um so so how how did you or why that model for for the book sure well well uh adults look at it that way children don't often see things that way they know about the seasons but they don't really know about the seasons of life too much um this book is about the seasons of the year and how they correspond to the seasons of life that we meet the main character when she's a, a little girl. Her name is Greenlee, and we meet her in the you know uh, uh, springtime of her childhood, if you will. Uh, but the book follows her through the uh, the uh, the summer of her youth, through the uh, fall of her adulthood, and finally at the end of the book, she's an elderly lady knitting by the fire in the winter uh, of her life. So the book shows her whole life, and that's quite unusual for a children's book to try to show a child that they have this whole, you know, big life. And I wrote it for a number of reasons. One of them is to show children that they're meant to grow in the same way that the flowers and the trees and the grass grow. Mainly I wrote it to help them not be afraid of change. Children are very much afraid of change. And and this book shows an awful lot of change. Uh, And also I wanted to show them that in every, and this is for adults too, that I wanted to show them that in every season of life, there's potential for tremendous, profound joy. Even in the winter of our life, there is always that potential for a new springtime right around the corner. And that new springtime we Christians call call heaven, life everlasting with God. You know, so 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 I think it's trying to impart this this uh, inspiring and positive vision to children at a very early age. Absolutely. Anthony DeStefano is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing his new book, Greenly is growing. All right. So parents out there, please go buy the book, uh, both for your children and for yourselves. And that's available at Penguin Random House. Um, Anthony, real quick, uh, we'll mention it a couple more times. Where uh, are the best places for folks to uh, to buy the book? You know, because the book was published by Penguin Random House, which uh, I'm very blessed. It's the largest publisher in the world. It is all over the place, wherever, you know, that cliche books are sold. So you get them online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. But also, I always like to put a plug in for our our local Catholic bookstores. Whenever people can patronize those Catholic bookstores, I think that's an important thing to keep those those shops in business. So I would always, you know, go there if I was if I was buying the book. Well, thank you for that, Anthony, because we always emphasize that. Obviously, this was this was your other other books were were published by Catholic publishers. That's not the case with this one. But as you said, please support the local businesses, yeah. support the local Catholic bookstores. Joe Resinello. Well, Anthony, I think a lot of people can relate to this main character because this is our own lives. Let's be honest. I mean, we're all around the same age. We can look at our own seasons of our lives and they're very different. You know, I could actually look back at stages of my life and I could say, I I don't even know who that person is, but here I am now. Um, Talk about what Greenlee learned through these stages. You kind of laid it out, you know, from the beginning to when she's an an older lady. Uh, What did you learn? Well, first of all, there is a real Greenlee, by the way. Uh, it's an unusual name for a person, and that's my goddaughter. I have a goddaughter named Greenlee, 
And I, I always wanted to write a book uh, for her, but I was like, well, what kind of, I mean, she's got such a strange name. I mean, I'm Italian. I grew up in Brooklyn. We don't have any Greenleys. In our <laughs> yeah, I don't have any Greenleys in my family. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. I, I know. So, but, so I was in a little bit of a, you know, a tough spot here, but I thought that her name might be perfect for this kind of book because I think it reminds people of the word evergreen. Uh, and, and that ties into this, uh, to the, to the theme of, of ever of being youthful and having a, uh, an optimistic uh, view of life, even when when we're old. Uh, as far as what she learned, she gains wisdom through the course of this book. But but uh, you know, I mean, I think it's a good opportunity for us adults to talk about the seasons of life because you were mentioning that before that we're familiar with it. But it's always good to refresh uh, our to to think about what those seasons really mean for us. And I I try to give a glimpse in this book uh, to children, but really I'm talking to adults here. Childhood. Uh, is that wonderful, magical time of life when the whole world is new. It, everything is innocent. G.K. Chesterton uh, said that inside the heads of a, a little child, it's like the, the universe on the seventh day of creation because everything is new. Everything is innocent. Everything is wondrous. So that's a magical golden time. It's why people who abuse children are, are guilty of such heinous crimes because they take away that one magical golden period of innocence. Uh, then you have adulthood, uh, which I say in this book is summer, equivalent to summer. And that's a beautiful time. Because, uh, excuse me, youth, I meant. Youth. And, and I equate that to summer in this book because that's a time of freedom and first love and self-discovery. And it's when you're at your absolute you know, physical peak. I mean, everybody loves uh, their youth. But adulthood, too, is also a, a tremendous time because it's, it's, it's a time when we get to run the world. You know, we, we become mature to some extent and we're, we're in the greatest control of our mental faculties, hopefully our emotional faculties. It's the time when we get to have the incomparable joy of raising young children, which I think most people will agree, most parents will agree is the best time of their lives when their children are young. And then the final season of life is the winter. And this can be a season of challenges, of course. Uh, they, the, the saying is that, you know, old age isn't for sissies. And, and that's correct because there's so many health challenges, uh, mental challenges, sometimes physical challenges. And yet that's also a wonderful time because usually you don't have as many responsibilities. Usually you, instead of having the awesome responsibility of raising children, you can delight in your grandchildren. Usually you've acquired a certain amount of wisdom and you can share that wisdom with other people. Usually after the storms of, of life go by a little bit, you actually usually do get closer to God and you have greater intimacy with God. So every season of, of life for us, for us Christians anyway, is, is a time that it has at least the potential for profound joy. And that was the, that was the, that's the main thing I think Greenlee, I want Greenlee to learn in this book. Absolutely. Anthony, let me ask you this. And if you're just joining us, Anthony Stefano is joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing his new book, children's book, uh, Greenlee is Growing. Is there a particular inspiration that you had for the character of Greenlee. Um, talk about that. You know, you know, uh, I, I did want to buy, write a book for my goddaughter. I did. But I've always wanted to write a book. And, I, and this ties into a deeper subject, really. It ties into the subject of, of perspective. I wanted to write a book about perspective because children are so, um, uh, they're, they're interested in, in, in the now. You know, give me what I want. Give it to me now. I want this, that, and the other thing. And uh, if I don't get it, then watch out. 
you know, and that's the recipe for a very unhappy, miserable life. Uh, I wanted to write a book that gave people perspective because perspective, having a view of the end of things is the only thing that really can make us deal with all the aggravation and all the anxiety that we face in life. Um, and so I, the, my, uh, and we can talk about this more later if you like, uh, because it's a deep subject. But I thought that the name Greenly, because it sounded like Evergreen, would might be a, a title that I could use for this because it might give the impression that this person is changing, but at the same time remaining the same. You go, she goes through the whole spectrum of her life, through from childhood to old age, but at the same time, it's the same person, the same Greenly. Uh, the same dignity, the same human soul, and so that's the reason. That's that, that's the reason why I wanted to do that because I wanted to write about. It's never too early to teach your children about perspectives. Yeah, no, I, I I'm listening to you. Like you said, we'll do we'll do we'll get into that a little bit more later because I I've always loved that that concept, the idea of something that's both the same and changing at the same time. Somebody said, well, doesn't that violate the law of non-contradiction? No. I mean, if you, that's who I am. I've changed throughout my life, but I'm still Joe Pasillo. You know, but you, I'm just, I'm glad you mentioned yes. that because I think it's important for, go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. No, no. What you're saying is right. We can talk about it now. It, certain things uh, always do stay the same. Hopefully the bonds of love that we share, uh, you know, God never changes. You know, the, the, the nature, the beauty of the nature never changes. Okay. Yes. We get older, but certain things always stay the same. And those are the things that we have to focus on because they, they maintain their identity. Uh, and, and, and this is very important in this day and age to bring up the cultural war again, because so many people think that when you get older, you lose your, you've changed so much that you've lost your dignity. And that's not mm. the truth. You have the same dignity, whether you're uh, you know, a zygote in your mother's womb or whether you're an old person attached to you know, some life support. Uh, you know, you're the same person. You have more dignity than all the stars and planets in the galaxies combined. Okay. And so that always stays the same, no matter how much you change on the outside. We're all made in the image and likeness of God. We have an immortal soul. And that's, you know, that's, that's a big thing that stays the same. Mm. Hey, Joe Racinello. Anthony, talk about faith and fortitude, because this book basically, uh, illustrates that very well. But I want to just emphasize fortitude. Another word for that in our Catholic world is perseverance. Because let's be honest, I mean, as Catholic men, you know, a lot of days kind of bleed in to the next. You have to persevere. You know, every day isn't necessarily like uh, fireworks going on outside. And we persevere through prayer. We persevere through the sacraments. That's what keeps us going. That's how the fire stays lit. That perseverance will not be there if we, I've learned this, if we just trust in our own strength. And this book is an example of faith and perseverance. You know, to be honest with you, Life is a marathon. People all talk about that, but that is true. It's not a sprint. And those who sometimes look at it as a sprint, it's like the old cartoon with Bugs Bunny, the hare and the tortoise. The tortoise blows right by the hare after a while. This book kind of illustrates that. Talk about it, because I think that's an important lesson for people. Sure. Well, on a very simple level for children, children are afraid of a lot of things. And we will get to adults, but children themselves, imagine not only when you're a child is everything new to you, but everything is so big because you're small. So you're in a world of big things and new things. And a lot of the, um, the situations that we take for granted, children are absolutely petrified of, you know, going, uh, 
you know, go, going to the doctor, go, going to get a haircut, going to the dentist, or bigger things like the death of a pet or the death of a grandparent. It's absolutely uh, terrifying to children. Now, as you just said, you know, change is a part of life, uh, but that's such a cliche. It's such a cliche. How do you get a child, especially, uh, to see that change is a part of life? And that's one of the things I try to do in this book by showing this little girl go from being a little girl to an old lady, that's a heck of a lot of change in 35 pages. I mean, you know, that's a massive change. And yet through it all, through this enormous change, uh, the the, the main character remains happy, smiling, energetic, youthful, even though she's old, youthful. And uh, I, I think that children will get from this that no matter what change happens in life, there's potential for great joy. The Bible says, you know, more to your point, the Bible says something like 100 or 200 times, it's something, some crazy figure, be not afraid. And the reason why it says be not afraid is because uh, we we trust in God. God has a plan. You know, God's in the future. We're not in the future. God's already in the future. He's there now. He sees all our screw-ups and, and all the things that we do wrong. He sees it, and we have his assurance that he's going to pull good out of that. So we have to just trust in God. And, and, and that's why the, one of the lines in this book, towards the end of it, is the most important line of this book. Uh, right when we're in the winter segment of the book, I think it says, uh, but brave the harsh weather and don't be afraid. The end of the year God also has made. So the, 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 the center of the book, as you rightly say, is about fortitude. That, I mean, that's so great because, you know, I think about that a lot, Anthony. You talk about, let's say, we all at times we think about when we were kids, right? There's, but the the one thing more than anything I miss about being a kid is is that trust that I had from my parents. Like when you have you have to have that trust in your parents that because, like you said, everything is new. It's you know, it strikes you with a little fear. You're a little kid. Everything is big. But you always know you could go to daddy. Because daddy's going to protect you in the same way like you were mentioning about how we should view God. In other words, like not be so afraid of everything, not be so angry at everything. Because at the end of the day, we go to our father who's there to always protect us and love us. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, 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 of course, Jesus said in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to be like a little child. Now, what does that mean? Does he mean we have to stay immature? No, of course not. You have to you have to grow. Uh, St. Paul says that, you, you know, when I was a child, I acted like a child. When I was grew up, I gave up childish things. So what does that mean? Is there a contradiction? No, there's not a contradiction. Because when Jesus says you have to be like a child, he doesn't mean you have to be immature. He means that, first of all, you have to have a childlike openness and appreciation for everything. But mainly, it has to do with what you just said just then. Children are completely dependent on their parents. They, they are not uh, independent. They can't go out into the world. And they know that. They rely for everything on their parents. And when their parents tell them something, they believe their parents. That's exactly the model for us when we approach God. We have to trust and we have to believe everything, no matter what, no matter how scary it is. So that analogy between a child is really perfect. Excellent. Anthony DeStefano is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. If you're just joining us, uh, he's written a new children's book. Greenlee is growing. That's available at Penguin Random House and and any place uh, probably that you could think of uh, to buy it. We always emphasize, please, if it's available at your local Catholic uh, bookstore at your parish um, or in your neighborhood, please go and buy it there. Support our, um, you know, support our Catholic businesses, in this case, Catholic bookstores. Joe Racinello. 
Anthony, let's talk illustrations. They're amazing. Uh, how did you choose them? Who'd you work with? Who's the artist? What's your process? Well, I always choose an illustrator when I'm doing children's books based on the mission of the book. So if, I, if, if the main character of the children's book of mine is an animal, then I try to find the person in the world who's the best at doing animals, who could put human expressions on animal faces. I usually use a guy named Richard Cowdery, who did The Donkey That No One Could Ride and a few of my other uh, best-selling books. When I'm doing a book on, say, Our Lady uh, or, or on The Angels, I may have, I may have been interviewed by you, you have. for one of those books. The, what I'm trying to get across to readers is that angels are real. Our Lady is real. And so I try to find an artist who has uh, got the ability to produce photorealistic artwork. Because then that's getting the message across that Our Lady and the angels are not make-believe. They're not cartoons, okay? Because, you know, the artist can, can portray them like a photo. The point in this book was totally different. The point of this book was to show the joy of life, was to show that life is beautiful, that life is wonderful. And so I picked an artist whose style was joyful. I looked very hard for someone. and I found an, uh, a, a gal named Lu Louise Ellis. She's a Brit. She lives in Northern England. And uh, she's just amazing at, um, at capturing vibrant colors. Every single page in this book is very colorful. Every single page has lots of life, lots of life. Uh, kids will have a, a good time trying to find all the little animals and insects and flowers and trees and growing things. And I think what she's, what she's managed to do is convey the truth, not only that life is beautiful and wonderful, but also the deeper truth that God is a God of life and abundant life. That's the reason why I used her, because she was able to convey that truth. Anthony, um, well, let me ask you this, because we're going to be coming up on a break in a couple minutes. So uh, obviously, this book is Greenly is growing. Um, and, you know, I haven't looked, but I'm sure it's doing very well. It's been it's been out how long now, Anthony? I think a couple of, a couple of weeks. A few oh, okay. Weeks. All right. Um, just so we know, because like I said, I don't want to start another question because we're going to be coming up on a break. But just so we know, what else do you have going on um, in the future? I think you said you're, you're already working on another book. You know, uh, Sophia Institute Press is, is putting out a, uh, and a book for adults uh, that I've written called 30 Days to Your New Life. That's coming out June 20th. And uh, the, the point of that book is to, is to combine the best of personal development, self-help and personal development principles with orthodox Catholicism, because all too often the personal development world, while it can have some valuable tools that it gives, gives people, often forgets the most important thing in life, which is union with God, okay? Uh, and sometimes our Catholic books, our Christian books, don't take into account some basic psychological tools that they could use to help people. So I try to put these two together in the best way I could, and it's called 30 Days to Your New Life. It's a 30-day program, and uh, Sophia Institute Press is publishing it in June. I'm glad you said it like that because I, I think it, it, I think that's going to be very valuable. I can't wait to have you back on. You know, let's say for argument again a couple months, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, sometimes I think people don't understand the the, the balance. You know, obviously prayer is foundational. We have to pray. We have to rely on God, as we said. But there are also things that you know we need to do practical things. It's like it's either go to the therapist if you got problems, or just you know, just sit there and pray and don't do anything, right? Rather than, as you said, no, no, you know, God's the foundation. 
but then you have to respond. You have to do things too. So I'm glad I'm going to look forward. I know Joe will also to talk to you about that book. Let's take a quick break. Um, you're joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasol and Joe Rosanello, Way in the Breach with Anthony DeStefano. We're discussing his new book that's out from uh, Penguin Random House. The book is Greenly is growing. It's a children's book. Obviously, all you parents out there, go out and buy it. Read it to your kids. They'll learn something. You'll learn something. Stick around. We have another great segment with Anthony DeStefano. We'll be right back. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Rosanello, Way in the Breach with Anthony DeStefano. We're discussing his new book out from uh, Penguin Random House, Greenly is Growing. And we recommend you all go out there and buy it, read it to your kids, teach them something, and learn something yourself. Joe Rosanello, where do you want to go? Anthony, God wastes nothing. Um, we're talking about chapters of life. We're talking about your book. And Greenly goes through various seasons of her life. Why do I bring that up? Because... Some of the chapters of our lives aren't always great. We we make mistakes. We can make a wrong turn. But when you're Catholic, you look at those chapters and you basically say, God didn't waste it. And he used it because nothing is wasted. A nun one time told me, Joe, everything comes from the hand of God. Everything. And if we, and it helps me, I think about that sometimes. Uh, like, for instance, I um. My bathroom downstairs is getting worked on. My daughter broke my other shower. I have no shower in my house right now, so the plumber has to come. But I accepted it. I accepted it because it's God sometimes gives you something, and you just say, I accept it because a greater good will come of it. Talk about that because I think that will help people because I don't think people think like that. They 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 just – what's it called? They, they focus in on the bad, and they say, oh, nothing good – because bad happens to us all, but God will bring something good out of it if we allow him. Yes, yes. It's it's very hard for people to, to accept that. And yet it's the very center of our faith, isn't it? Uh, and every time we look at a crucifix, we see that truth uh, given to us in big, bold letters. Because, because think about this. It, it, it's a very deep thought, too. What's the worst evil that ever happened in the history of the world? The worst evil. It, it, it's not homicide. It, 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 it's not even uh, genocide. The worst evil was deicide. That's the murder of God. The murder of God by his own creatures. There's no greater evil than you could possibly have than the crucifixion. It wasn't just a, one teacher being killed on a cross. Okay, it, it was God being killed. Okay, what did God do with the greatest evil that ever happened? Three days later, he rose from the dead. There was the resurrection. But again, was it just one man rising from the dead? No. The resurrection represents God opening the gates of heaven for all of us. Because of the resurrection, all of us can go to heaven. Our lives don't end. We, we can have happiness forever in heaven. That's not just a good thing. That's the greatest thing that could ever happen. The greatest good that could ever happen. So you see what God did here. He took the worst thing that could ever happen, and he pulled out the greatest thing that could ever happen. That's what he did. Now, what we're supposed to get from that is that if God could do that, if he could pull the greatest from the worst, then he could certainly take the 
irritating, annoying, bad, even the tragic things that happen in our lives. And he could somehow, some way, pull good out of those things. That's the whole heart of our Christian faith, it seems to me. Um, but it's fine. And that's, it goes back to what I said earlier about perspective on a certain slightly different, slightly different subject. But going back to why I wanted to write a book on perspective, the old monks in the Middle Ages, you know, they had a great saying in Latin, um, quid ac ad eternitatem. What is this in light of eternity? What is this little problem I'm dealing with right now in light of, of, of my whole life, in light of a death, judgment, heaven, and hell? You know, it, that, it's by having the long view, by having this perspective that we're able to realize uh, that most of the things we deal with are, are the, the, the small stuff and that we shouldn't sweat the small stuff. That's the only way to not be in anxiety all the time and not live in overwhelm. And that's really the, the, what I'm trying to convey in this book. I, you know, I, I'm, I, a lot of thoughts coming into my mind, Anthony DiStefano, when you were when you were talking. Let me ask you this: You get, let's say, somebody who's listening to us out there, the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Joe, Joe mentioned you're talking about mistakes and building on mistakes. Obviously, God will draw the greatest good. What do you say to somebody who says, "Ah, oh, that all sounds great, but I'm, my best days are over. <clears throat> I'm 60 years old. My family's a mess." I got a sciatic problem. If you're Italian, of course, everybody, all six-year-olds have it. Uh, my sciatic hurts. Um, you know, like all these different things people say, how do, how do I, what are you talking about springtime? What are you talking about? I, I, my life is almost over, okay? And, and, and things have gone terrible. What, what do you say to that person? Because obviously, Anthony, this is a book of, of hope. You're, you're, you know, sure. and, and, and sometimes people out there, they, 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 you know where I'm going, Anthony. Sure, I do. I do. I do. So, so you've got sciatic and you can't move around. You don't feel like you're, you're good to anybody. You got to remember, you know, think about a car. Think about a car. Well, 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 there's one part of a car that doesn't move. You know, the wheels move, the engine turns. What doesn't move in a car? The battery. The battery doesn't move, but what does it do? It powers the whole vehicle. It makes the vehicle capable of moving. When we are, when we're old and broken and we can't do much, we still have the power to pray, okay? And because we are suffering, suffering in body and in mind and in spirit, we're more Christ-like. We're more like Jesus Christ because we're suffering. That puts us at the pinnacle of power because we're suffering. And if we offer up those sufferings to Christ and we pray, okay, now we're going to be like that battery. We're going to be able to, through the power of redemptive suffering, we're going to be able to, to, to keep the world, you know, uh, going. We're going to be able to not only get people out of purgatory and things like that, but we're going to be able to help people who are in our family, uh, our, our friends, our, our people in the other side of the globe. It's the people out there who are praying, who are not moving Okay, but they're suffering, that they have the most power. And we have to be able to flip the switch and look at it from that other angle. It's difficult, but that's the truth. I, I mean, and I'm, uh, I just want to make one more comment. I'm going to hand it over to Joe because we're talking about Greenlee is growing. That's Anthony DiStefano's new book. Um, when I think about, and, and, and I'm glad because, see, that's why I'm Catholic. Because Catholicism makes sense when you look at the totality of life, okay? And one of the things I think about, and I'm glad you mentioned it, because one of the things that we try to 
do here, Anthony, at the front line with Joe and Joe. We, 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 our audience is broad, we hope, um, but we try to speak specifically to Catholic men. We're trying to evangelize and strengthen Catholic men in the best way we can. One of the things I, 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 that I'm getting from this conversation, because I'm thinking about this, is I can look back at my life as a Catholic now at 55 years old. I say every single thing I did no matter how atrocious, okay, and there's plenty of it, okay, I, I don't regret it anymore. I regret sinning, don't get me wrong, but I don't regret it anymore because I know, because Catholicism is true, that every single thing that I either screwed up or happened in my life, either was imposed on me or I did myself, God used it in the way that you're describing, in the way that Joe's describing. In other words, God used all, I cannot say, honestly, I would change anything in my life because I let God take control, and I kind of like where I'm at now. You know what I mean? I, I I feel like at 55, and yeah, I got a sciatic problem, uh, you know, but I feel at 55 years old, no, 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 I got a lot more to do. Whereas 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have been thinking that way. You know, you know, you, 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 so many interesting points. It's a very interesting cycle that God has put into place here. We're inexperienced, and so we use bad judgment, we make mistakes. And as a result of that, those mistakes, we suffer, Okay. But we also gain wisdom and we grow and we expand. And then when we expand, we're able to have new experiences. But guess what? Those new experiences cause us to exercise bad judgment again because we've never had those experiences. So we suffer and then we grow and expand and it goes over and over again. And, and what happens is eventually you're, you're growing and you're expanding and hopefully you're able to then give what you've, what you've gotten through experience to others. We were able to help others only because you have suffered so much and made those mistakes. Absolutely. I, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, you know, it's a, the way, the way I always thought about it was, you know, you, you want to grow your muscles, but you have to break them down in order for them to grow. They, you got to, right. we got to break them down. And then when they come back, they, they grow and grow stronger, you know, and that, that's how you grow a muscle, but you got to break it down first. Joe Racinello. Anthony in the book, Greenlee grows old. Um, we're all going to grow old and we're all going to die. Um, and it's important to think about our end because we're all going to die. But as Catholics, that's not the end. And I think when we look at life through that lens, it gives meaning to every single one of the seasons. It comes down to this, and this is the question, where are you building your castle? You see, I look at my life, um, I'm just passing through. I'm renting. I, this is, I don't have to have the perfect house, the perfect car, the perfect anything, because this is not my home. And when you look at life that way, that you are going to exit this place, there is freedom to that. Great freedom and joy comes with that. Now we're talking about seasons of life. We're talking about Greenlight. She goes through these seasons. But as a Catholic, to look at the end, not as the end, but the beginning, there's freedom, there's hope, and then you can have joy in all the seasons of your life. Talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know which one of you brought up the cartoon example before. Um, it was me because my was life no. resembles a cartoon. <laughs> you know, I had it. It made me think of I used to have a theology prof professor and he was about unbelievers, atheists. And he said that they um, that they had the Looney Tunes philosophy of life. And you know why they had the Looney Tunes philosophy of life? Because remember, at the end of all those Warner Brother cartoons, Porky Pig would be 
That's all, folks. That's all, that's folks. All, folks. That's the Looney Tunes philosophy of life, to think that at the end, there's no more. But as you said beautifully, we don't think there's an end. In fact, we don't think that there's death at all. For us, there is no death. There's not one single, uh, it, it, there's not a, even the teeniest moment when we are not aware, okay? Even when we pass over and we die, we are immediately standing before the judgment seat of God at that moment of death. It really is a transition. So we, 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 we don't believe in death. We were created by God. And once we were created, we are immortal. We are going to live forever. Now, where we end up, whether it's heaven or hell, that's for us to decide. But the question of life, no, there's no question of that. We've been created. We're going to live forever, period. Um, so our goal, as you said, is not... It, it's, it's not longevity. It, yes, it's nice to uh, work out. Yes, it's nice to um, eat well. And, you know, yes, it's nice to look good and, and all of that stuff. And, and that has its place because, you know, the, the more youthful we can be, the more energy we have, the more we can do God's will and help others. But that's not the, the be all and the end all of a life for a Christian. We don't cling to life like an unbeliever. Okay. Uh, we always have to have our bags packed. We have to live in a state of emotional, mental, and spiritual readiness. The same God who gave you the morning does not promise you the evening. Okay, look, it's it, it's not uh, cynical to look at this, but I mean, I mean, I, I could end this interview and I could be hit by a bus, or I can have a brain aneurysm. We could die at any time. Our lives are in God's hands, and that's why we have this perspective. Go back to perspective again. You could be ten years old and die in a, a car accident. And if you go to heaven, then you had a wonderful, magnificent life. You can live to 110 years old and die rich and famous in the eyes of the world. But if you go to hell, then you had a miserable, miserable, horrible, sad life. Okay. Okay. That's the perspective that we Christians have. Okay. And, 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 and because, and, and it goes to these, to so many other subjects that we can talk about, like hope, et cetera. But yeah, I no, think no. That, that's, that, that, that informs every season of our life and informs the way we view everything that happens to us. We always have a great conversation here at the front line with Joe and Joe when Anthony DeCefano uh, graces us with his presence. And he's written a new book, Greenly is Growing. Uh, you could buy that uh, all over the place. Amazon, uh, local book, Catholic bookstores, Greenly is Growing. That's published by uh, Penguin Random House. Let me ask you this, Anthony. Um, there's one thing that you, that you said I think that we need to we need to be more aggressive. And we're going to have you back on the show because I want to talk to you about your book on atheism, okay? But I think that, you know, books like this, it's it's a hopeful message. I could hear the atheist, oh, that's just some sappy way that you're just trying to cope with life. I'm going back to your that's all folks thing at the end of Looney Tunes, okay? We need to challenge people and say, you guys are trying to make sense out of a universe, but you at the same time, you say that there's no sense to anything. No, is when do we when do we go on the offense and say no no we have an explanation for life the good the bad and the ugly okay we 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 know the meaning of life okay and challenge people to say if you're gonna uh, take away from let's say the Catholic worldview or attack or, or or criticize the Catholic worldview you have to have something in its place you can't just say that's all folks okay. Because we know that life just makes too much sense. You can't just get we, – we let people get away. My larger point, Anthony, and this is where I want your comment. We let people get away saying, well, life is just meaningless. Right. When we, right, know, right. we know in our heart intuitively life is not meaningless, and we need to challenge people more on that, I think. It's not just intuitive. Um, 
Atheists believe that life has no meaning and that everything comes down to atoms and molecules. Everything is the result of atoms and molecules. Okay, think about what that means, okay? That means that they believe that all our, all our love, all our hate, all our politics, all our history, all our art, all our literature, all our poetry, uh, all, our, um, uh, all our deepest feelings or deepest thoughts about uh, life and death and meaning, uh, that all of that is purely the result of the random movement of molecules and atoms in a lifeless ether. They believe that that nothing came from something, that, that, that life came from lifelessness, and that mind came from mindlessness. Now, that's not logical. You can't prove any of that. They talk about science. Well, that you can't prove that empirically. You can't duplicate mm -hmm. that in an experiment. That's, that's faith to believe that. And it's the worst kind of faith. It's a superstitious faith. See, we are faith. We can base on logic, on, 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 on reasons. You know, there's a, uh, there's a watch, so there's a watchmaker. Uh, life is beautiful. There must be an artist. Life has order. There must be some superstition. And yes, when we go after them, we beat them all the time in these kinds of arguments. Well, well, like you said, because, well, that's why, and we're going to get back to Greenlee is growing, because Greenlee is growing is full of meaning. See, that's, that's, that's why, you know, it's so great what you're doing. We're not just saying that. It's full of meaning. You're talking about seasons and change and coping with the hardships of life, okay? It's not some sort of sappy message. This is reality. That's what I would tell any unbeliever. This is reality. You've written a book and many books, but in this case, Greenlee is growing to try to explore that somewhat. And, and what's best about it is it's written for children who need to hear these messages when they're young. Yes. So Joe Racinello, we're... Oh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'm Anthony. sorry. I was going to say one other thing, and it ties into some of the questions that uh, you've been asking and might ask. The, the unbelievers think that we are, um, that we are pie in the sky, uh, but that's absolute nonsense. You know, the, the, uh, what we grieve just as much when people die, uh, when our loved ones die. The difference between uh, unbelievers and believers is not that we don't grieve. It's that we grieve with hope. That we, that we look at everything with hope. They have no hope. That's the big difference between the two of us. It's not that we're pie in the sky and they're realistic. Not at all. You know, if you look at the history of the, the, the greatest scientists in the world, uh, the, the, I mean, they were, they were all Christians. They were all believers. The person who invented the Big Bang Theory of the universe was a Roman Catholic priest, a Belgian astronomer. The person who came up with the theory of genetics, which is the basis of evolution, was an was a Augustinian um, a monk named Gregor Mendel. I mean, these are Christians who came up with with right. with, with with science. So anyway, we can no, no, I, I, and again, hours, Joe. Yeah, I know. And then we're going to <laughs> have you back and we're going to talk about that. Um, that's why I want to do it on social media, because because quite frankly, no offense to our bosses at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. There's no time constraint. We can do what we want. We can pull a Joe Rogan and go on for four hours. But having okay. said that, the book, because because Greenlee is full of meaning because life is full of meaning. So we're going to get back to Greenlee is growing. Joe Arsenella. Anthony, obviously, as we go through life, the idea is to grow in holiness. That's the that's the goal of life. You said it to get to heaven. In order to get to heaven, we have to grow. That requires patience. We have to be patient with ourselves. But God is so patient. And I want to talk about that because I, I think about patience through the eyes of my father, God rest his soul, he passed away, and how patient he was with me. He trusted the process. He was a Catholic man. He trusted the process. I did all my crazy things 
But in the end, it worked out. The process worked. He was patient. Well, God is patient. He's patient with me right now. I'm not perfect. God knows I'm not. How can we be patient with other people who are going through the seasons of life? Because, you know, it's it's very easy, and I, I, I fight against this, to, to, to say, am I a Pharisee? Am I the guy that says, I fast twice a week, I tithe, I do this, I do that. Look at this. Thank God I'm not like this person. I actually think I say that sometimes out loud. But that's a sin. God's patient. He's patient with me because I'm not there yet. We have to be patient with other people who are in seasons of their life. Talk about that because I think it's easy to fall into that trap. I do. It's a big uh, question. It goes to the whole question of providence, the mystery of providence. You know, for it's hard because you know we live in in time. We have a, a past, a present, a future. Um, we live life from a moment to moment basis. It's not like that for God. God's outside of time and space. For God, everything is the present. Okay, it's like He's looking down at a, a page in the Book of Life called Joe, you know, and he looks at the top of the page and he sees you born and he sees a little, goes down a few paragraphs and he sees your father, you know, being patient with you. You go down a little bit and he sees you interviewing me. Then he, he goes down even further and, you know, he sees Joe at 120 years old, surrounded (laughs) by his family, you know, saying goodbye to the world. Um, He sees everything. He sees all the screw-ups. He sees all the choices that we make. He sees them. He doesn't, he doesn't know they're going to happen. He sees you making those choices. And this is where the mystery of providence comes in. He somehow takes all of those choices that you make, all the screw-ups, all the mess-ups. He arranges them and he arranges situations in such a way that his providential will, his divine plan comes out in the end. Without, without somehow taking away from your free will. You really did make those free choices. You're not an automatron. You're not a robot. But he arranged those choices in a certain way that made his will come out. And so, yes, it requires to, 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 to know that God's got a plan and that he sees everything and he's not getting nervous requires patience. Pazienza, you know? Pazienza. That's all I was thinking was pazienza, pazienza. <laughs> you got to have that. Now, in terms of other people, if you want to turn, how do I do this with other people? Especially, I'm thinking that some of your viewers or listeners are thinking about, you know, their own children, let's say, who are going down the wrong path or, or friends of theirs and nobody's listening to them. You got to understand, first of all, God loves them more than you love them. God loves your children more than you love your children. Hands down, there's no question. He loves your friends more than you love them. He's got them covered, okay? At some point, he's going to help them in his time. He's going to hit them over the head with a two-by-four if he needs to, but he's going to help them. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean that you're off the hook. You have to try your best to talk to them and pray for them and and say have masses said for them and all that. But it also means that if they're not listening to you, and this is the last point I'll make, if they're not listening to you, you got to remember that great quote by Francis of Assisi, St. Francis of Assisi. He said, preach the gospel always with words if necessary, (laughs) with words if necessary. In other words, you don't have to preach the gospel or try to change anybody's life all the time by making them see the light. If you live the life of a good, holy Catholic, Believe me, 
you're going to shine in some way. People are going to see the joy and the peace that you have. And after a while, they're going to wonder, how does he have that joy? How does he have that peace? And they're going to want it. You know, and so they're going to they're going to be attracted to you like like birds are attracted to a powerful beacon. So so, yes, pray for everybody and and try to uh, evangelize them. But most importantly, be that example. Sounds cliche, but it's not be that example. And people will be attracted. They'll come over to you and they'll start asking you questions. And now you'll have leverage on them and then they'll start listening when you answer them. You know what I was thinking, Anthony DiStefano? We had on uh, we talk, had a conversation with Mike Aquilina recently. We were talking about his new book uh, about uh, early Christianity in North Africa, and you said something that reminded me um, because a lot I could hear it. again. I try to put myself in other people's shoes when they listen to the front line with Joe and Joe. If they're listening to this conversation, it's not it's not like cliche to say you you have to live the life. If you want to preach to somebody, the first thing they're going to look at is the state of your life. What are you doing? Okay, and the reason why I brought up Mike Aquilino's book is because by any worldly standard, the Catholic Church should not be here. It was persecuted. Catholics were killed. Okay, by the Roman emperors up until what three seventeen A.D. Okay, Um, but what was the witness? Why is the church here? Because what you just said, and that pertains to our lives individually too. How the perception was of how these people were living their lives. No, that's what that's what radiated. To obviously make the gospel more more acceptable to the to the pagans was they saw how these Christians were living their lives and they said, you know what, I got to get me some of that joy. These people are suffering and they got smiles on their faces. What the hell's going on there? Right. Talk about that a little bit. We need more of that today. We need more of that in the church today. We don't have to get to that controversial, but I think sometimes people look at the church and they say, well, you know, they they don't believe us because they see hypocrisy or they see the scandals and things like that and. So the, the, the opposite, the balance to what you're saying, the balance to it is that God founded his church on a rock of truth and, and the Holy Spirit is ours. And we, we have to remember that back then, even when, when Jesus founded the church, the apostles were constantly messing up. A lot of times they were, they themselves were whining and complaining. And, 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 and remember, Judas was one of the handpicked apostles of Jesus Christ, and he betrayed the Lord. You know, so, you know, so when we see bishops, let's say, that are a little cowardly or Christians or Catholics that are not living their faith, we have to remember that we can't judge the religion purely and totally by how, uh, you know, the, the, the hierarchy acts or how Catholics act. You know, the problems in the church are just a, a, a reflection of the fact that we need to save. Okay, so that's the first thing. I, I wouldn't want anybody living to us and thinking, oh, the church is perfect because it's, you know, obviously we know it's not perfect. Um, but yeah, I think that more, the more that we come to reflect the, the, the more we put our money where our mouth is, the more converts we'll have. And I think if we start, we start doing that. And there are signs that, that, that we are starting to do that in some ways. I think we'll have people coming to us, flocking to us, uh, because not only do we have the truth, that has been given to us and that we're passing down, but because the joy and the peace of Christ uh, is radiating in our hearts. And Anthony, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it is radio and we have time constraints. So in the, in the final minute or so, um, tell our audience, well, a, a, a parting thought on Greenlee is growing, um, where people could buy the book, the, the whole nine yards. You know, I, I, I think it's a good book for Easter and Lent because it, uh, you know, it, it, it talks about, you know, Lent is all about sacrifice and fasting, and this book extols the simple pleasures of life, 
you know, smelling this, going outside, being in the sunshine, playing with your friends, being with loved ones at Christmas time and holidays. Those are the things that never change. And those are the things that make life valuable and worthwhile and joyful. And, and, and when we're going through Lent, one of the meaning, one of the reasons why we sacrifice and we fast is so that not only so it strengthens our will, but so that so that we can gain a greater appreciation of of of, of life. If you appreciate life, then you're going to be uh, it's going to be easier for you to be happy. So I think the book dovetails with Lent and Easter in in just that way, and Easter especially because it's about uh, the springtime, the new new heaven, new earth, and 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 perfect happiness in heaven. And as far as where you can get the book, everywhere. Catholic Everywhere, stores, Amazon, <laughs> Barnes and Noble, wherever you like. Anthony DeStefano, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, our brother, and we really appreciate you coming back on the show. And good luck with the book and everything you have going on. Thank you so much, guys. You're welcome, and thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith in the New York City metropolitan area. You all out there know what I'm going to say. Download the app, the Veritas app. Share it with your friends. You'll have access to all of our station's content. And please, where you see Joe and I on social media, the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV on YouTube, and at with Joe and Joe, at with Joe and Joe on Twitter. Please like, subscribe, share, follow, do all that fun stuff. Help us out. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.